Welcome to the Sunday session on NRL.com. My name is Chris Kennedy. My regular co-pilot, Kenny Scott, is off on baby duties, but it is my very great pleasure and privilege to welcome Broncos, Maroons and Kangaroos legend and now Channel 9 commentator Sam Thiday to the podcast. Sam, thank you for being here. Thank you for the introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'd like to give people a warm welcome when they're nice enough to join us on the show. Um, let's dive straight into some uh, some footy talk. Now, you were there today at Seabus uh, Super Stadium for the, uh, the Titans and the Cowboys clash what were your thoughts on this one probably a few missed opportunities for the cowboys but titans now three straight wins sitting in seventh uh, looking pretty good to make the finals this year from where they are at the moment well they had three hias in the first 10 minutes of the game which uh kind of didn't help um uh losing one player and uh lucky enough scott drinkwater came out there uh back on the field but uh, uh definitely a lot of lost opportunities there for the, for the cowboys they just I don't know, really, really struggled today to get, get into that game, but a very important game for the, uh, for the Titans. Uh, they are waving the, the Queensland flag at the moment. Uh, yes, we have uh, every single NRL team in Queensland, but uh, they are probably the only team at the moment that can uh, uh, make the eight. And, um, I think uh, every Queenslander will be whipping them home as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, it was a very important win today for the Titans and uh, they'll be happy with uh, the way they finished the game. Uh, a little bit patchy still in, uh, in areas, but um, definitely building and working. They've got two big games coming up ahead of them. They played the Bunnies, I think, uh, in the Melbourne Storm. Uh, yep. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough little run for them going forward. Probably the good news for the Titans is their four and against is a lot better than all those four or five sides chasing them on the ladder. Um, Raiders just below them are 70 points worse off and uh, Knights in ninth are about 140 points uh, worse off. So as long as they can, you know, if they can jag one of the next two wins, that'd be ideal. But if they can keep their four and against pretty healthy and then win their last two games, which I think might be the Knights and Warriors from memory, um, still a pretty good chance to sit in that top eight. And like you say, fly the flag for Queensland because they just about put paid to uh, Cowboys being any chance today. Well, they had some funny games. Uh, I can remember a game this year where they led the Bunnies at halftime by 20 points and then had 30 points put them on, on them in the second half. But they have always had an ability to score points. Uh, but it's uh, the defensive uh, errors that have let them down this season. So, um, yeah, their four and against is, is saving them at the moment. If they can stay close to uh, these uh, top two, uh, top four teams that they're playing in the next two weeks, uh, you know, that'll really help them going forward into their last two games before uh, they uh, hopefully launch into that top eight. Few decisions for Justin Holbrook on the uh, the run home. Obviously, uh, Jamal Fogarty. I'm not sure if he was available this week, but he certainly looks like being available next week. Young Toby Sexton killing it in the halves, and uh, David Fafita, the marquee man, doing pretty good things off the bench. But it's uh, a little bit weird having your, your marquee man starting games from the interchange. But uh, seems to be working at the moment. Well, it's a million dollar man sitting on the uh, the sideline, but it's working for them at the moment. I think David Fafita is coming on the field and. Not feeling like he has to do everything. Um, you know, there's a, a few more uh, tired players out there at that point in time. And I think, you know, it wasn't too long until his first um, uh, few efforts where he, he scored a try on the right-hand side. And, um, you know, it, it seems to be working. I, I wouldn't change it too much. And, you know, young Toby Sexton's played some brilliant football and uh, has really, really controlled the game. I also know that Jamal Fogarty is a controlling halfback as well. So whether you play those two guys, I think at the moment um, you've got to go with Jamal Fogarty. And 
and I'm putting it out there, I think Toby Sexton's got an over Ash Taylor at the moment as well. So that might be the halves combination that he goes with going forward. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that could be a winning halves combination as well. Yeah, it's a huge call coming up. Ash Taylor probably hasn't quite uh, lived out to his potential in his current Titans deal, but he's been pretty good in the last couple of weeks and a couple of big Titans wins. So some big decisions there for Justin Holbrook for the uh, the run home. Now, talking about the uh, the earlier Sunday game, I don't know how much of this you're able to see. Obviously, you're on duty for, for Channel 9 at the Titans v Cowboys game, but the West Tigers, 28 points to 16 over the Bulldogs. It was a very scrappy affair. Ti- uh, Tigers did enough to win. Bulldogs, uh, as has sort of been a hallmark of their season, not really too sure what to do uh, in the uh, the rare events. They did get some good uh, attacking chances. Tigers, I guess, two losses away from um, the teams currently in seventh through ninth. I guess a, a glimmer of finals if they can uh, just keep the, the wins piling on. Bulldogs now pretty much guaranteed of the uh, the wooden spoon. I saw bits and pieces of this game today as I was doing uh, some pre-match interviews, uh, but uh, it, it was one of those scrappy games. And I you know, with all due respect, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but uh, there was no crowd in the, in the stadium today. And I don't know if there would have been a big crowd there for this game anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, the West Tigers uh, seem to be one of those teams who find themselves in this position uh, with, the, with the run to the finals every year. And, um, you know, that, they've got a lot of things they need to fix before uh, they become uh, a, a top eight team that uh, can really shake things up, I think. Um, Still a few little uh, soft errors within them, uh, within their team uh, defensively, uh, making some silly errors as well. So uh, if they do make the, the, the top eight this year, um, I, I don't know if they're going to be shaking any teams up. But you know what? They, they can only build and get better for next year. Adam Dewey's been a real uh, shining light for them, just puts in every single week. He's making a big difference with his running game, with his kicking game, and just sort of physically with both his, um, you know, attack and defence, someone they can sort of really build around uh, moving into next year. Oh, I think that's the best thing about, um, you know, the West Tigers at the moment is individually they have some brilliant players. And Adam Dewey's one of those guys uh, week in and week out who stands up uh, for the West Tigers. Um, you know, if you were to look at numbers alone, uh, you know, some of the stuff that uh, Adam Dewey's doing, uh, it's exactly the same numbers as some of the most dominant halves that are in our game at the moment. But he's just playing in uh, a team uh, that hasn't quite clicked and hasn't quite gelled yet. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the only thing that's letting him down. Like we said, it's a pretty steep uh, uphill road for the Tigers if they do want to try and force a final spot this year. Two teams that will be definitely in the finals, the Storm and the Seagulls. They put on a, uh, a bell ringer on Saturday night. 28 points to 18, the Storm ended up winning. They haven't had to uh, to tough out too many games in this big 17-game winning run, but Manly really took it to them. They um, they did well to, you know, they probably could have been down 18-0 at halftime. Instead, they were 8-all at halftime and actually led for a, a period in the second half. Uh, Tommy Turbo has been on fire and it's pretty good in this one, but um, Storm have shown they, you know, they've got extra gears when they need it. Yeah, maybe I have high standards of both these teams, but I thought they were both pretty clunky, to be honest. Um, Melbourne Storm were a little bit impatient in that first half, uh, and, and Manly really just hung in there, and uh, they got to half-time, and, and being eight all at half-time was a, a fantastic result for them. Um, I think Manly's got another gear. I think Melbourne's got another gear as well. Uh, Manly came into that game with a, a real um, clear mindset and a game plan. They were moving the Melbourne Storm around a bit. But in saying that, the Melbourne Storm also, a couple of kickoffs where they um, 
had a little bit of shape off the kickoffs, and it was really good to see trying to get the ball out wide to um, uh, Justin Olam and uh, Josh Adokar uh, using some of their strike uh, players out there. Um, it was a really, really great game of, of footy. Um, the scoreboard wasn't a, a massive blowout, but I still think it could have been a, a lot closer, and, and it doesn't reflect how close that game that was and uh, how tough it was. And um, we'll see these two teams uh, featuring throughout the final series, and and who knows that that, that could be a grand final uh, preview in that game. Uh, you, you just never know what Manly can produce, and we all know that uh, the Storm are, are one of those teams that will be pushing for the grand final this year for sure. Well, yeah, Storm are very short odds to, to be there. But Manly, you know, they, they don't fear anyone. They'll be uh, backing themselves to to keep the wins coming. Still a chance of finishing uh, top four, just a win behind the Eels, who are obviously pretty precariously placed. So um, definitely a lot more to come from both those teams. Another two teams will both be there at the end of the year, the Roosters and the Panthers. I thought this was a really entertaining game uh, as well. Probably not too dissimilar to the, the Storm and the Seagulls. I reckon both teams can play better than what we saw on the night. But um, yeah, Panthers uh, probably got their season back on track a little bit after some, um, you know, obviously, Obviously, with an injury toll playing a part, but uh, a couple of not so great performances in recent weeks uh, beat a, a very good Roosters team. Well, I actually rocked up to the game a little bit earlier because uh, I was uh, calling uh, on the sideline the Manly and uh, Melbourne game. And uh, this game was very, very vocal. Um, uh, having no crowds in the stadium is, is good and bad. Um, you can definitely pick up uh, a lot of the swear words that some of the players do say, but... Uh, both benches uh, sitting there were, uh, were very, very vocal. There was a lot of heat in this game between uh, both teams. And um, I, I thought that um, young Burton was absolutely brilliant for Penrith. Uh, they had a, a great team performance. Isaiah Yo as well. Uh, he's an absolutely uh, brilliant player. Uh, probably one of the best forwards in our game at the moment. Uh, happy to do the tough stuff, but also string some passes together and, and do some brilliant uh things for his team. Uh, I, I, I only think that the, the Penrith team can only get better as the season goes along. Uh, and I have to um, applaud Trent Robinson and the, and the Roosters for what they're doing this year. They've lost so many players, uh, either through injury, through medical retirement, and they keep on showing up and playing uh, some brilliant, brilliant footy. Yeah, they've got some great players still in their team, uh, but they're, uh, they're doing a great job and uh, I, I can't wait to see what they can do in the finals and I'm sure they'll shake, shake things up. Yeah, fair point on uh, Penrith. Uh, people probably, you know, you can forget that Isaiah Yo, he, he missed last week, but he also pretty much missed the week before. He was concussed fairly early on. He makes such a massive difference to that side. Um, I was going to ask you, Matt Burton, he, he was brilliant, like you said. It's a, uh, a little bit confusing to me that he wasn't straight into the halves um, when Nathan Cleary was injured and that um, he was uh, stuck out in the centres with Tyrone May, who's obviously a very versatile player and a, a good ball player, but probably not your classical halfback um, preferred uh, in that role. But Burton's show you know, I guess what an asset he's going to be to the Bulldogs next year, but also what an asset he can be to Panthers over the, the run home if uh, Nathan Cleary misses any more footy. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he's shown his versatility this year. Um, I, I know that the Bulldogs fans and uh, the Bulldogs uh, coaching staff and players would have been watching that game going, how good is this? You know, uh, you know the, the Bulldogs need to hopefully build over the next few weeks and, uh, you know, they're, they're playing for some of their spots. Uh, within that Bulldogs team, because once you insert a, a player like Burton into that squad, uh, he's going to bring so much uh, to them. But uh, 
he is going to be a real key for them going forward, I think, uh, throughout the rest of the season and throughout the final series. Um, as, you know, you miss the versatile, he can cover your centres. Uh, he can also come off the bench as a number 14 as a bit of a utility and you can play uh, an extra ball player if you if you need that uh, or if you're chasing points within a game. And the funny thing about it, I, I talk about um, listening to the bench uh, and listening to uh, some of the calls. The, the Roosters bench kept on yelling out, show and go, show and go. And, um, every time that Burton had the ball in his hands and with the bench yelling it out, he, he still... Showed go, he showed show the ball through the dummy, did the step, and they still couldn't stop him. So they, they knew his play, they knew what he was going to do, and they just couldn't stop him. And it shows uh, how brilliant he is. And um, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do for the rest of the season uh, throughout the finals. But I'm definitely excited for Bulldogs fans next year. Yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's, I guess it's one thing to know that something's coming and it's another thing to, to stop it. But Burton, yeah, that, that big dummy and that big step, he, um, he, he put a Roger Tuivasa Sheck style step on uh, James Tedesco in that run to the, the try line. He's not just a, a creative half. He's got some wonderful uh, footwork as well, pretty much the, uh, the full kit bag. What about the Roosters? Like you said, they've done phenomenally well with an absolutely massive injury toll. Um, they've brought Dale Copley in, who was originally named for this game, but I, I would imagine would probably come in next week now that he's um, had a chance for a few training sessions with his new teammates. They do lose Angus Crichton uh, you know, pending a judiciary appearance. I don't know if he's going to challenge, but he's out for three to four for that uh, crusher tackle. So um, they, they can ill afford to be losing more players, but Angus could be looking at uh, a few weeks out. Yeah, so Dale Copley was uh, at the Roosters, came back to the Broncos, now he's back with the Roosters um, and has only been in camp with them uh, since last Sunday. Um, I was lucky enough to have a bit of a chat to him on the sideline. Uh, so... Yeah, I reckon uh, he might be back into that team uh, come next week. Um, you know, they, they keep on losing uh, some of their key players. Angus would be uh, absolutely filthy uh, that uh, he is uh, going to be sitting on the sideline and letting his teammates down. Uh, he is such a team player and, um, you know, it just makes it harder again for the Roosters. But uh, like I said before, uh, a huge round of applause for Trent Robinson and the coaching staff there because they keep on coming up with uh, these performances. Um, so they, they must really break teams down and know and understand how teams play. And uh, they come up with a brand of footy they can, they can win most weeks. Yeah, they, they've been fantastic. Probably missed a bit of an opportunity here. They would have finished the round in the top four if they'd won this one, but still a, a big chance to get there in the, the coming weeks. Panthers guaranteed themselves a top four finish with this one and uh, kept their top two uh, hopes alive heading into the, uh, the run home. Um, the uh, sorry, the previous game, the first Saturday game, the, the Sharks and the Warriors. Now, I know you said off air you didn't see all of this game, um, but the uh, the headline from this one, uh, Kane Evans versus Will Chambers. Now, Chambers, I'm sure, is a guy you've had a, a bit to do with over the years. We've seen him, uh, you know, he loves getting under opponent's skin. I've, I've met him, I've interviewed him at, at Meteorops. He seems like a nice fella, but uh, certainly once he gets across that white stripe, he, uh, he doesn't mind winding uh, opposition players up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of... Uh... Will's greatest advantages out on the field. And the thing is, he can back it up as well. He is a, he is a handy player. And uh, the funny thing with Will is, even when he's in your own team, uh, he, can, uh, he can bring that level of banter. He can bring that level of, uh, uh, you know, chat to, to make you want to fight him when, when you play uh, within the same team as him. So um, I likened uh, this game to... Um, 
you know, uh, Will Chambers being the coronavirus and then uh, Kane Evans being the vaccine and gave him a couple of jabs and was trying to get rid of him. So um, it's uh, Astra, AstraZeneca versus uh, the coronavirus and uh, the virus won this time. He, uh, Will Chambers must be the Delta variant because, uh, yeah, he was on fire. <laughs> Oh man, what you've obviously played a lot of footy at the top level. Have you ever been involved in a game where someone is having the sort of game that Kane Evans has had? You know, sin bin twice and giving away penalties and just the, you know, the red mist descends and you sort of lose a bit of control. What do you say to someone when they're starting to, you know, to get rattled like that? Well, I can put my my hand up personally and say, uh, you know, this has happened to me before. Um, I can remember uh, playing in an Origin series and then. Uh, Wayne Bennett dropping me back to reserve grade a week later. Uh, because of certain reasons, I probably had a bit of an attitude adjustment that needed to be um, settled. I was probably a little bit far ahead of where I was as a player. I was um, still very young um, and, uh, you know, probably was a little bit too big for my boots. But I went back and played reserve grade and, uh, you know, the reserve graders uh, reminded me uh, that, uh, you know, two weeks ago you're playing Origin, mate. Uh, now you're back playing reserve grade. What's happening? Uh, and uh, I was sitting in myself, and I was lucky enough that I had a smart enough coach that um, then sat me down for the rest of the game. I didn't. I didn't go back out there after that because I had lost it at that point in time, and there was no coming back from that. And uh, you know, I, I think um, probably uh, after uh, you know the, the first incident, I would have been. Uh, seriously uh, considering just uh, leaving Kane Evans on the sideline. And, and, and to be honest, uh, he's going to miss uh, a little bit of footy now and he's uh, got a cop fine. Um, but uh, I think there was a, a chance and opportunity within that game to try to settle Kane down because uh, he'd lost it at that point in time. And when you're lashing out like that um, in in the middle of a game, um, you just got to uh, make, make the tough call as a coach and, um, yeah, he probably wouldn't have come out and got sent off for the second time. Yeah, I was pretty surprised that uh, Nathan Brown decided to, to leave him out on the field, just given the you know the, the potential for something like that to, to keep happening, which obviously it did. Um, it didn't end up costing the Warriors the game though. Eighteen sixteen, they managed to grind out the win over the Sharks. It's a huge miss for Cronulla. They um, you know, we've been saying for a few weeks they've got a relatively soft run home compared to some of the teams around them on the ladder, but that requires them to beat teams like the Warriors that are below them if they want to make the finals. And it's um, it's dropped them from eighth down to I think tenth. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a, a shot of them, shot themselves in the foot a bit. The Sharks. Well, that's where you can fall into a trap when you when you think that you should be winning games. Um, You've just got to go out there and ice them uh, at the end of the day. Um, there is going to be no easy beats going forward because of potentially, you know, some of these uh, lower-ranked teams, they're playing for positions, they're playing for contracts next year. Um, so they're going to be doing anything and everything they can to make sure they win these games because uh, they definitely want to be rolling into a preseason knowing that they're settled uh, and, and hopefully uh, they've got a starting position somewhere or, you know, they're, they're in that... That, that top tier of whatever club that is. So, um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a trap that I hope the Sharks don't fall into um, to finish the season because, again, uh, the Sharks are a, a team that uh, is so unpredictable and, and will be unpredictable in the finals if they can get there. 
have to also give credit to the uh, Warriors. They've had a shocking injury toll this year. They've had two players go home early for, for personal reasons. So to, to stay in games like this and to still be clawing out wins, it's a, a massive achievement for uh, for the players that are in that side. Now, moving ahead to uh, the Friday night games, South Sydney 40, Parramatta 12. Um, I, I think we probably mostly thought that South were going to be too good for the Eels uh, with the way that the, the Eels have been going. But um, yeah, they're, they're in free fall at the moment, Parramatta. Well, I, I always thought the Bunnies were going to win this game. Um, but by this amount of points, um, there was points in this game where I just thought that, um, you know, South Sydney were going through a bit of a training run. And, and that's super disappointing for, for Parramatta and, and, you know, for, for Parramatta fans out there as well. So um, they really need to uh, lift towards the end of the se- season. They need to build. Um, if they want to do anything out in the finals. So um, South Sydney, uh, are, they've got a hot streak at the moment and I'm really enjoying watching them play. Um, you know, some of their attack um, is some of the best attack uh, within the game. And uh, when, when, it, when it's on, yeah, it is so beautiful to watch. South Sydney have got so many threats. I think probably their, you know, Cam Murray aside, I think a lot of their forward pack's probably a little bit underrated. We've seen guys like, you know, Mark Nichols and, you know, Tom Burge has been really consistent. Keon Colomitungi having a breakout season. So their forward pack's laying a great platform. But for me, the two key guys, are, you know, it's probably no, no secrets here, but Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker, just two guys who are, phenomenal to watch can score points from anywhere Latrell's so physically imposing and Cody's got such wonderful instincts and, and skills they just they can find points from just about anywhere if, once they get in range well Latrell and uh and, and Walker just show you that um they are just flat out footballers they know and understand the game they see it uh for what it is uh they know where to exploit your team and they execute it. They execute it nine out of ten times, and uh, you know once uh, you've got those big boys, uh, like you mentioned, that chime in. Uh, you've also got Hook as well. Uh, you've got Murray, who's that link man. They uh, are a team that um, you know could, could maybe threaten uh, a, a Melbourne Storm or, or a Penrith Panthers. So uh, I think these, these top teams have got to be careful of South Sydney. Uh, and you know Wayne Bennett has shown in the past that he knows how to get a team firing at the right time of year. Well, that was sort of my next question because uh, the the Panthers and Storm both beat South by huge scores in the the middle part of the season. But once we get to the the finals, I'd, I'd imagine those two teams would look at South Sydney with the form that they're in and the players they've got, and and you know be genuinely concerned about uh, what could happen. Yeah, very much so. I and mean, I think there's a there's a stat that says that a team that uh, concedes 50 points within a game has never won a grand final. Um, yeah. I'm putting it out there. I think South could uh, could break that stat and, and that will uh, be wiped off the record uh, because they are a different team to when they were uh, beaten by that amount of points. Um, if I was a, a Melbourne Storm team or a Penrith Panthers team, uh, I would not be uh, putting my feet up and uh, relaxing and thinking I'm going to cruise through these uh, these semifinals. Uh, you've got teams like the Bunnies who can, um, you know, score points really, really quickly. Uh, but uh, but also, I think um, they, they're getting a little bit better defensively as well. Wayne will have firing. And I, and I know the hard work that uh, Jason Demetrio puts in as well. He's uh, 
he's got a real football head on him and uh, he knows how to uh, analyse teams, break them down and, and, and see where their weaknesses are. On the Eels, do we, you know, they're still sitting in fourth thanks to the, the Roosters and the Seagulls both losing on the weekend, but um, they've really looked out of sorts the last few weeks. We've been saying they, they've been missing Mitchell Moses, they need him back. Well, he came back and I thought he had a you know a decent game given the, the platform that he had, but wasn't able to influence the result really. Do you, do you give them any chance of turning things around? They've got obviously a very tough draw on the run home as well. well when Parramatta click as a team and as a, as a full team, uh, they are absolutely dangerous. And yeah, the injection of Mitch Moses is, is fantastic, but uh, he is only one player. Uh, and you know, he needs to buy in from, from, from all of his teammates. And they still got a, a really good list. I, I think they've got some fantastic forwards. Um, you know, Guffo's playing some good footy as well. Um, once they click, uh, yeah, a big loss for them is, is Reed Marnie. I really feel for him. Um, yeah, you know, here's here's a guy that um, that was on the cusp of playing State of Origin this year, um, and has been um, you know mentioned in that State of Origin arena for the last couple of seasons as well. Uh, he, he's a such a handy little player in and around the middle of the field, so they will miss him going forward. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, they need to click as a team if they're gonna uh, do anything going forward. Yeah, it was a cruel, cruel blow for uh, Fareed Marnie. He was actually getting released from that game one origin team that allowed him to go back to club land and, and play in that that game where he, he hurt his shoulder the first time. So uh, unfortunately, season over and surgery required. But yeah, best wishes to uh, to Reed and hopefully he uh, hits the ground running next season. Uh, two games left to talk about. The Raiders and the Dragons, one for the purists. This one, 20 points to 12, probably not one that's going to live long in the uh, the highlight reels, but a very important win for for Canberra, who, um, you know, were in all sorts earlier in the season, but um, now are right amongst it in that battle for the, the last two spots in the top eight. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a win that Canberra needed. And I had to do the Daly M votes for this game, and I found it really hard. Um, you know, there wasn't one player that really, really stood out for me. Um, you know, I, I thought that um, you know, both teams had a lot more to play for uh, and um, probably should have showed a little bit more uh, within this game. I think, if anything, it's an indication that they're, they're both kind of struggling at the moment, both these teams. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's sad to say, you know, Canberra are a, a great team. And, and for a lot of people out there, that's their... You know, if they don't support any of the Sydney teams or the Queensland team, Canberra's always their second team uh, if they've already got someone they follow. So, um, you know, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from both these sides. Um, you know, the Dragons are, are on that roller coaster of a season this year. Uh, and it, it was just kind of, you know, without being uh, disrespectful, it was a little bit of a fizzle for me. Yeah, it was a little bit. I won't like. I won't ask you who you gave the Delhi Embos to because it's obviously behind closed doors and you you can't reveal it at this point. But um, I was actually putting together. We do a um, a short list of team of the week nominations for every position from from every game, and I, I struggled as well actually because. Um, Canberra got points off, you know, Jack White and did something really good and, and Harley Smith Shields did one thing really good. A couple of players did one thing really good, but actually had quite a few errors or, or off moments in the game and, and weren't great across the uh, the 80 minutes. Whereas, you know, there were quite a few players for the Dragons. I thought, you know, Jack Bird, Jack DeBell and Tarek Sims were, were quite good throughout the 80 minutes, but um, just not able to, to get their team the win. So it was, uh, it was a little bit of a tough game in that sense. 
No, I also thought that Jack DeBellin was absolutely brilliant. Um, Jack Bird at fullback. Um, you know, people were saying that, um, you know, that, that uh, Jack Bird was playing out of position. You've got to know and realise that before Jack Bird got injured, the Broncos the last time, was, he was about to play round one at fullback for the Brisbane Broncos and had done a whole pre-season at fullback and was ready to go. So uh, he's actually been working hard at trying to play fullback. Uh, and it's a position that he that really enjoys playing. Um, I thought he did. I thought he did a pretty good job back there. Um, you know, I also thought that, um, that Tarek Sins uh, played a, a key role for the Dragons. Um, I thought that uh, Joseph Tarpney for the uh, the Raiders was uh, was really really good as well. Um, there's a few guys uh, within both teams that you know are kind of lacking a little bit of. Um, uh, energy and effort at the moment that I'd like to see kind of fire up uh, for the rest of the season. But, you know, these um, uh, these two teams in, in the Raiders and the Dragons uh, should hold themselves at a higher standard and it should be better. Yeah, for sure. And crucially, it was very much a four-point game because they were level on uh, on points coming into the round and uh, whoever won was going to not only sort of get the win but also effectively half knockout at one of the teams they were competing with for those spots and it's um you know the the Raiders who got the jump on the Dragons were going to do it really tough uh, with no Ben Hunt who's been probably their best player all year he's out for at least four weeks with a, a broken arm and they got a, a tough run home sitting in uh, 11th so um yeah tough times for the Dragons. Yeah we talk about tough you mentioned him just then Ben Hunt he, he played this year with a broken leg throughout a game yeah and played yeah, a few minutes with a broken arm as well. And, you know, I thought Ben Hunt's had a, has a, had a, he's had a brilliant season this year. Um, he was uh, absolutely awesome in uh, State of Origin 3. Um, and he's uh, been, you know, one of the one of the best players for the Dragons. So, uh, you know, it, it's sad to say that I think the Dragons are going to end up having another one of those years of the old shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, you know, the, I think that, um, Anthony Griffin's gone down there and he's, uh, he's uh, shook things up a little bit uh, and he's uh, he's brought the best out of some of those uh, players that he's, he's known and coached in the past as well. So, um, yeah, it, it might end up being uh, one of those years for the Dragons for sure. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more about Ben Hunt. Absolute uh, toughness personified, playing on with a, a broken leg and then a broken army in two separate matches. He's been a, a shining light for the Dragons this year. Uh, last game uh, to talk about Thursday night, 28-20. to 20, The Knights won over your old club, the Broncos. Probably not Brisbane's worst performance of the year, but um, after a, a little bit of a, you know, a positive run of late, it was still a, a bit of a disappointment. No, they, they hung in there, the Broncos, at the end of the day uh, and, and gave themselves a chance late. Um, but it was uh, a, a few soft tries which really let them down. Um, you know, the, the, the two tries in the first half, um, you know, Mitchell Pierce isn't the Mitchell Pierce uh, that we once knew uh, from back in the day. And uh, he's got the same moves. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that uh, that was probably in the video review throughout the week. Uh, Mitchell Pierce left foot step, uh, straightened it up, and uh, he, he got over the try line. Um, but uh, this is definitely one that the Broncos uh, should be uh, going back and going, this is a game we should have won. Uh, they had every chance opportunity. But uh, the best part about it is they, they play the Knights again in a few weeks. So they already know how to play them. And hopefully uh, in that game, they can beat them. What do you make of the Knights? They've had a shocking run with injuries this year. I think it was 
just about the first game this year. They've had uh, Mitch Pierce, Kalen Ponga and Bradman Best all on the field at the same time. Jaden Braley missed out. He's back next week. Could be a very rare chance to have sort of all their, their big guns on the field together. Can they make a, a bit of a run? They're, they're for and against us in bad shape. They've got a relatively friendly uh, run home and um, sitting right on that sort of cusp now. Well, there's every opportunity. You look at the Titans did last year. They they had a run home. They won five games straight, leading into the uh, into the end of the season, just missing out on um, finals footy. Um, Newcastle could do the same thing, to be honest. Uh, and especially if they're all out there on the field and all fit. Um, you know, I, I thought they the week before they carved up the uh, the Canberra Raiders on the left hand side, where Carlin Ponga was. Uh, you know, he had the goosey out, he had the long ball out, and um, I thought the Broncos contained that pretty well uh, within the within the game. Uh, but uh, yeah, Newcastle have uh, every chance opportunity to go on a run leading into the end of the end of the season, and um, you know, with different teams winning and losing, uh, you, you never know; they might give themselves a chance and opportunity to sneak in there. Uh, on the Broncos, obviously won't be playing finals uh, this year, but there's been some, um, you know, some glimmers. The emergence of Tyson Gamble, he's, you know, we expect he's probably at first crack with Adam Reynolds next year. Um, you know, Tessie News, former at fullback, has been great. You know, Jordan Rickey's done some really good things sort of emerging in the, the back row. Some of the other young forwards, Kobe Hetherington's done some some good stuff. There's, you know, there's some stuff to build on for next year, I guess. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of great things that they can build on for, uh, for next year going forward. Uh, you talk about a team that's playing for uh, contracts next year, playing for pride, playing for positions. Uh, that's the Brisbane Broncos at the moment. Uh, yeah, we have seen some of these young guys that have come through and these uh, fantastic young forwards. Um, you know, Jordan Rickey is a player who I think has a, a lot of potential uh, as a back rower for the Brisbane Broncos going forward. Um, he needs to work on a little bit of his consistency. I thought he was brilliant against the Cowboys. Uh, and then a little bit quiet uh, uh, against the, the Knights. Um, so, you know, he's got some stuff he needs to work on there. Uh, Kobe Hetherington's a fantastic young player. Um, he uh, he was playing a fair bit of dummy half, uh, but um, he's uh, he's too tall, I think, to play dummy half. It's too far for him to bend down and pass uh, continuously for 80 minutes. But I think he suits that lock role really well. Uh, he's not afraid to put his body on the line. I think... Um, he could uh, end up being uh, Broncos' link man, just like the Roosters have uh, Victor Radley. Um, you know, uh, there's uh, so many of those uh, locks these days that become a, almost a, a third half. So uh, I think Kobe Hedrick can play a great role there for the Broncos. But, yeah, there's some, some great young talent coming through. Uh, we need to uh, hopefully get some form out of them uh, for the rest of the season. And then uh, hopefully... Um, some size, get some fitness into them in the off-season and uh, we need to hit the ground running come uh, next year. Mate, that is uh, all eight games from round 21 of the NRL Telstra Premiership. Uh, massive thank you from uh, NRL.com and the Sunday session for dialing in and, uh, and sharing your thoughts. Uh, Sam Thayde, thanks so much for being here. Too easy. Thank you very much for having me.